G'day all, another instalment of the Thrill Me podcast, once again without Gibbo mm. this week. He's still in the hills somewhere, still, still is that camping. correct? He made it back. Yeah. He's gone right. again. So. Alright, fair enough. Uh, we've decided to throw in a little bit of uh, olden day slasher type of stuff. Stuff that Gibbo would yeah. really have a bar of. Indulging, so while well, he's not here to tell us it's pure shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's 1981's The Prowler. Before we get into that, Jared, what have you been watching since uh, we last recorded? I got quite a few out, actually. Tell um, me about it. I actually got to the cinemas to see Monster Trucks. Yeah. Were you on your own? <laughs> no, no, I took my son to see it. How um, was it? Because I heard nothing but bad things. They were talking about a massive write-off, like it was $120 million or something. Or, yeah, they shouldn't have spent that much. But look, as a bit of entertaining sort of popcorn fare with the kids, it's it's not bad. Like, it's completely predictable. The characters are sort of, you know, um, paint by numbers. and But, you know, you're there to see a few car chases, some special effects, a little bit of that sort of stuff, and you get that. Is it the sort of thing that you could potentially have seen streaming? Yeah, yeah, but um, the problem was when I looked, there was nothing that we hadn't seen or wanted to see, so yeah. that was about it. Huh. Um, and the little bloke seemed pretty keen to see it. He didn't love it. I didn't. I didn't think it was the bee's knees, but I came out thinking, yeah. Was there anyone of note in it? Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe's in it. No, well, I love Rob. Lowe. <laughs> yeah, you'll be there. I'm a fan. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of people people you'll have seen around. Um, uh, Barry Pepper. Pazza Pepper. Yeah, always good value. But yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say rush out and see it. But if you, if it pops up on Netflix and you sort of got nothing else there, fair enough. Check it out. Um, I actually caught up on a few that I'd been meaning to see for quite a <laughs> while. I saw The Witch. How was that? Kibo uh, was yeah, big on this. Yeah, look, it was good. It was good. I wouldn't sort of put it in like the real upper echelon stuff, but I did enjoy it, and it had some very cool. Uh, had some very cool scares, some very very sort of creepy moments. Sometimes it was a bit hard to follow because they 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 used all the sort of um, all the language from from the period. Yeah, sure. They did a lot of research to to make sure they spoke like people from the period. Um, there's a religious bent to it, so it actually makes you think a little bit more. It's just not a sort of just a down the line horror movie. It's actually got a, got a bit of a religious religious element to it. But yeah, I, I would check it out for sure. I I quite enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, some very good acting performances, that's for sure. Uh, I saw Green Room as well. Yep, <clears throat> seen that. Yeah, didn't mind it. Again, it's sort of had had a few issues. It seemed to end very abruptly. Yeah, really cool idea. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, it seemed to end abruptly, and there was a couple of a couple of sort of loose ends that never really got addressed. No, no, there's several that yeah. don't really get addressed at all. There's a vibe that because you don't you got the band. But then you also had a couple of hangers-on that were in the green room who were connected to the guy who got killed. Yeah. And then they kind of don't really kind of... They just kind of shove them together and they sort of come together at the end, you know? Yeah, well, they look like they're going to sort of plan that out and then they they don't. Yeah. They, they don't sort of play it out. But they get a bit of a shock shock value out of that, but they don't really play it out. But, yeah, I, I, again, there's some really good acting performances yeah. in it. Patrick Stewart was very good as yeah, a, yeah, as as a menacing It's not what like, you would have expected either, would No. Um, I really like the idea. And, I, yeah, I like the movie a lot. Probably just, again, it seems like all these ones on the on the best flicks of the year on some of the horror websites, to me, they kind of get in there because we just don't have a lot of stone-cold classics coming out in the genre. I think that 
the ideas are all are good in a lot of these films. It's like a bit like Don't Breathe. Mm. Good idea. For the most part, I enjoyed it, yep. but it had its problems. Um, well, and you're those, right. All yeah. those those two that I just mentioned and Don't Breathe that you said, we followed them up because they kept popping up on these top ten lists yeah. at the end of the year, um, and they were ones that I hadn't ticked off the list yet. And I enjoyed every one of them quite a bit, uh, but none of them sort of pushed into that. Like I said, none of them pushed into those. I would absolutely yeah. that I will go back and back and back to. Yeah. But again, yeah, good movie. Um, I checked out Straight Out of Compton. How was that? Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Quite entertaining. You get, yeah, you get a bit of that backstory. There's some bullshit sort of sort of thrown in, and but you know they get some mileage out of the names that you know and and drop and if you got any sort of background at all in that in that rap scene at the time, it's it's kind of cool. You get. They, they start dropping some names in, like they bring Death Row Records into it with Dr. Dre and all that sort of stuff. So you get the Suge Knights and the Snoop Dogs and the Tupacs showing up. Oh, okay. Um, they're not integral players, but there's kind of a bit of, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so, that's, you know. But, yeah, again, it's, it was a good story to tell. They were an important group yep. um, for the time period. So, yeah, that was good fun. Um, I watched Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, yeah, I heard that was excellent. Probably the best movie of the bunch that I watched. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. Mm. Really funny. Sam Neill is great. And the kid, the little Maori kid that's that's um, with him for most of the movie, piss funny. Mm. It's, it's just, I don't know whether I could sort of recommend it to people that aren't from around this part of the world. Like the New Zealand kind of humour that they use, pretty close to Australia. The same sort of laid back kind of laconic sort of humour. It's, it's there. Um, but it's got this sort of Goonies vibe to it. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And bloody Stan Walker pops up in there Stan a little Walker. bit, and he's quite funny. He yeah. and he's, he's in this little crew that keep popping up. And yeah, yeah I've, heard, I've heard nothing but good things. About yeah, it. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. Still on Sons of Anarchy. Nearly finished that. I've got about five episodes to go. I think last season's dropped off a bit. Lost it. Lost a few important characters along the way, and that's really hurt it down the stretch. Um, and. Probably the most interesting one in terms of the horror is I went back to Freddy's Nightmares and I found the the pilot episode that was directed by Tobe Hooper. Is this a YouTube? Yeah, it's on. Thing? It's freely available on the net. It doesn't look good. Like nah, it depends which one what you find, but the the quality is not good. But okay. yeah, Toby Hooper directed it, and it's kind of the prequel to the movies. It's it called shows, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, No More Mr. Nice Guy. It shows how Freddy got caught and. Um, uh, the killing and all that sort of stuff, and it sort of centres around this this uh, this bloke that's involved in the police, and he's involved in the in Freddie getting off on the technicality, and his daughters were a target, and it's it's kind of cool. Like mm. it's the acting is is atrocious, subpar. <laughs> I've got to be nice. It looks like television for the most part, huh? um, and there's a lot of Freddie in shadows. They never really they, they don't show his face when he's when he's alive hmm. but then even when he sort of starts coming back in dreams and stuff they don't show his face so I think part of that might have been special effects yeah we can only throw his we can only throw his makeup on once and record these little vignettes and then yeah. we're not doing it again yeah um, so yeah a little bit of money saving but there was some yeah there was some genuine kind of little chills and <clears throat> a few creepy parts in there that um, Freddie probably lost along the way so hmm. it's definitely worth a look I wouldn't I wouldn't rave about it but it's definitely a worthwhile entry into the canon. Okay. Um, and that's my list. Excellent. I went back to Indiana Jones. I watched mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. Lost Ark is 
gold. Yeah. Absolute gold. Yep. Um, it's still constantly enjoyable yeah. now. Temple of Doom, on the other hand, some really great set pieces and the action and... and um, there's a little bit of that comedic stuff added, mm. and Harrison Ford looks more comfortable in the role there, even though he's he's quite good in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's kind of shitty. Yeah, it like the story really does lack. Yeah, and it kind of goes away. Like I really liked Marion in mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was a she was a tough sort of sexy foil for Indy. Yeah, yet Willie Scott's Scott just an absolute just pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah, and. I think that's part of the reason. The part, the part of the reason behind that is, Lost Ark gave everyone indie, and everyone loved indie. So a sequel, he had to be. It had to be all about indie. Yeah. You know, indie had to be on screen a lot, and I think that took away from you couldn't have that strong female presence. Yeah, it's funny because I, I agree. Yeah, like Temple of Doom is, in terms of just flat out movie making, Temple of Doom is the worst. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know, probably after Crystal Skulls came out, probably the second worst yeah. now, but it's also the one that I have a lot of the fondest memories of. Yeah. It was the one that I kind of got hooked on first. Well, I saw it in the drive, at the drive-in. Yeah. So it's the one I remember really well. And it was well. also a little bit of a gateway to horror because I remember this was... Ripping hearts out. Yeah, like that shit's not... That's, Jesus, that doesn't Spielberg getting movie. away <laughs> with murder yeah. back in the 80s. Exactly. I had nightmares about fucking Molar Arm for yeah. years. Yeah. I believe um, I haven't I haven't seen Last Crusade in a long time, but it gets back on track. Yeah, um, it's better. I, I watched them when I got first got that box set. And, and, and Last Br- Crusade is yeah, definitely bringing his father in. You didn't need the strong female character then, because you had the banter between him and his his dad. Mm. And we go back to the Nazis, and we go you know we go back to the things that we remember. Um, well, you don't want to you don't want to put a woman in Connery's way either. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, allegedly. Um, <laughs> I finished Frequency. It's on record, mate. <laughs> By him. By him, yeah. um, I finished Frequency. Yep. No, it, it, it <laughs> fell away, unfortunately. So you're not going to be writing any letters to the studio? No, <laughs> no. I, I, it, it's disappointing. Yep. And I think, and I said to my wife as we watched the end of it today, the reason why the movie is so good is because it's two hours and it's focused wholly and solely on the difference between his wife being killed yep. and not. This one has that, but goes off in tangents and stuff that, quite frankly, just don't work. Mm. And, you know, we both said to each other, I, I really don't know what's kind of... Ha- I, I know what's happening, but then there's all these little things popping up and dates coming up and characters at two different time frames where you're not really sure what's what the go is... It's very hard to unravel at times, and I think that that's, that's a death sentence for a TV show. Yeah. You've got to have your audience knowing exactly what's going on, and you can see why this prob- got canned hmm. in the end. Disappointing. Disappointing. I mean, look, it, it, re- it, it ends reasonably well, um, but it just it just lost its way after about, I think, maybe about seven episodes I was starting to I go. I was hoping it um, would put a little bit of focus back on the movie. Mm. A renaissance. Yeah, true. And look, uh, nobody, if you haven't nobody, seen the movie, nobody's watching the TV show, so nobody's watching the movie. Still, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, get out there and, and see it. The movie is or stay in because you just find it on Netflix. Oh, these yeah. days, like. oh, is it on Netflix? No, oh, it'll be. You're not going to find it in a video store. We Netflix. don't actually have video Netflix. stores anymore, mate. <laughs> no, no, we still have. 
Oh, well, I've got one down at Charlwood. Closing down. No, no, still, still allegedly going strong. <laughs> no, it's not going strong. Uh, it's going. It's going. Someone's pouring money into it. But, yeah, if you can get your hands on Frequency, definitely check it out. It's, it's fantastic. Um, unfortunately, the series was just a bit of a letdown at the end mm. of the day. And last... But not least, I did some homework. I said I was going to. I waited till Netflix put it out, so I'd already paid for it. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Dawn I offered you of the Justice. DVD, but apparently... That, that, oh, sorry, that Blu-ray, was, but you didn't have an extra long. half hour. <laughs> Look, it's not the worst movie in the world. As simple as that. No. I think what gets, me, gets up my nose a little bit is the amount of money being spent yeah. for such a... It's pretty haphazard yep. at the end of the day. It's all over the shop. There's a lot of linkages to the other films, yeah. which Marvel seems to have done really well. DC just hasn't been able to get that right yeah. just yet. Although I was comfortable with the way they brought in the new, the new players, mm. Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg and uh, Aquaman. This is the thing. Every time you read an article about this or Suicide Squad... They consistently bring up one of the worst movies of 216. I'm sorry, but it's not. It's not a good movie, and it has some fatal flaws. And um, as a guy that reads a little bit of DC, um, I have some ideas on what I think kind of work, and I just I, I'm not seeing much of it in the in the movies. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Ben Affleck was fantastic. Affleck was great. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy was Irons was great, and, and those two should have been together more. Yeah, Jeremy Irons was wasted. Um, yep. The fatal flaw for mine was Lex Luthor. Uh, well, even, actually, even bringing in Darkseid for mine, it was all tied to Luthor. Luthor was not what Lex Luthor should be. L- Lex Luthor was Mark Zuckerberg um, with long hair. With, with, yeah. Um, look, the Batman stuff. Mate made me want a Batman movie on his own. The, yeah. The, the, the Superman, Superman is inherently boring. We've said this on here many times, but he's inherently boring. Well, he's really boring so in this, this movie. Because I don't know if he's inherently. He doesn't boring. really get much to do. I don't know. I don't agree with inherently boring. I would probably agree with more difficult to make interesting. Yes. Because people have done it. Yes. People have done it with some good ideas. All you got to do is read some interviews with some of the some of the people that have written and mm. drawn successful comics, like. I think it was Dave Gibbons that was he's, he drew Watchmen and he's worked on a lot of yeah. lot of comics obviously and he summed it up really well. He just said, as far as I knew, Superman was light and hope, and yeah. Batman was sort of dark and was wallowing in his misery. Th- these pricks are both wallowing. Yeah. They're both miserable sons of bitches. Like, yeah. well, Superman's think, more miserable than Batman. Yeah. See, Batman kind of worked. <clears throat> Superman just didn't in this. But Wonder see, Woman was kind of good. But see, we're not. We're not going too far away from the Batman mythology because he is a wallower and he is about revenge and and pain and all this sort of stuff, and they kept that. And even the Nolan films have stuck to it. Even Burton's first two were darker because Batman has been dark. Unfortunately, Superman, when when they made the Christopher Reeve ones, they had the light and hope. That's what it was. Even Superman 2, which has got some darker elements... It's still got the light and hope side of it. Yeah, Superman is like the American dream. Like, but now, even man, for Man of Steel, and into this, he's worse in this one. Yeah, he's worse in this one. Um, yeah. I felt sorry for 
um, Amy Adams. She just gets absolutely zero to do. Mm. I love Lawrence Fishburne, but again, he's Nothing. just kind of pushed to the side. The biggest tr- problems, yes, were with Lex Luthor. Is it Doomsday? Was it Doomsday? Doomsday yeah. That stuff was I just stupid. Shot, it was. Doomsday. It was just stupid. Um, and it it turned this movie into this bloated big lump. Yeah. Perhaps they could have even got rid of Luther and come up with another, some sort of other player. It also <laughs> suffered from your um, big problem with Superman in that very similar to Superman Returns. Because at the end, uh, when when Batman's working on him, he uses kryptonite and Superman is a mess. But then, of course, towards the end, he summons the fucking strength to pick up a kryptonite spear and fly with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um Where'd we get all that from? Yeah, it's just um, it's kind of convenient. Mike. But but there but there are there there is positives here, and the positives are Wonder Woman was good because yeah. it was she was barely used, but all we needed was just that sense of what she could do, which is what yeah. we got. And then we also realised she's from, you know, that photo was from like fifty or sixty years ago. Yeah, do you realise she's kind of immortal? Yeah. Um, as I said, you brought in those other guys. Look, I <laughs> I know we spoke about this. I think Aquaman's got a lot of upside, the movie. Yeah. But when he comes out of the boat, all I could think about was fucking Zoolander. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a merman. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think the funny thing is... Got a lot of upside based on casting and and directors and all that. Based on who they've got, they've got James Wan to direct, they've got the stunt stunt team from Fury Road... I that enough says to me this one might be the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, surprisingly, this could be the one that because I would have thought because the flash, the flash is a fucking shamozzle at the moment. It's going through yeah, the page one rewrite. Page one rewrites. <laughs> um, Justice League unfortunately still has Zack Snyder at the helm, so I can't get too well. I can't get too pumped about that. This one is yet. the other thing too, and and again, I take these things with a grain of salt because we heard this sort of shit about Rogue One, and it turned out to be great. But someone in the studio has said that Wonder Woman is fucking terps. Great. It's, it's, it's garbage. Can't and wait. It's, it's all over the place. But, you know, you just never know with this stuff. And, again, this could be another beat-up. Um, yeah. It could be sour grapes from somewhere. But I th- believe, if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me, both Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman, were, that sort of stuff was mentioned before they came out. That they, yes. were, they were long and bloated and there was trouble. Yeah. And it came true. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like thankfully, something like Rogue One survived that. Yeah. I mean, at the crux of it, getting back to what we started with, the thing is these are not the worst movies <laughs> ever made. They are Absolutely not, not. They are not good and they are suffering in comparison to, to Marvel. But it's kind of just like they're at the front of everyone's mind, so they just kind of crop up as, oh, yeah, worst movie of the year, Batman vs Superman. Fuck, do a bit of digging. You will find many worse movies than that. What I always find is it, a lot of it has directly related to budget in a lot of cases mm. because suddenly, oh, this thing cost $250 million, yeah. and look at it. It's an absolute turd. you got to separate the money from the what's on the screen. And, look, there were parts of it that were terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But... There was some good stuff there that could be mined. Now, the the Batman, which is what the the Affleck, supposed Affleck one on his own, yeah. you need to get a good solid villain, which I believe is, um, is it Death, Death Deathstroke? Stroke. Yep. And which could work. That's make it simple, simple sort of stuff. And Irons and Affleck, we build on that yeah. relationship. I'm not going to lie. 
Um, I'm not sure about Joe. What's his name? Magiello, mm-hmm. Magniello, or whatever. Yeah. I don't picture him as like a A grade actor. I think he's got his got his but roles maybe, and he's but, a big unit. Yeah, but maybe that's good. Maybe in this case, because Jesse Eisenberg, A lister with you know with serious sort of chops yeah. under his belt, and he butchered it. But was that his fault? I don't know. Did I don't think so. I him, think. He was chosen based on what they'd written. Because I could, I could have imagined him working. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have chosen him. No. Having seen him, I probably would have gone with someone else. Um, because to me, Lex Luthor is not a, a twitching, kind of rambling maniac. Mm. Uh, he's a uh, egomaniac, mm. but he's very suave and he's very well presented. I mean, in the comics, he ends up in. Places like the presidency and things like that, but see, because he's got you know he's this charismatic guy who just has this axe to grind with Superman. He's an ego maniac, seen, so he can't be. I could have seen Eisenberg still getting that done. Yeah, he's that have. good an actor. He could have still got that done, but I actually think it was written that way, yeah. and he was chosen yeah. because his him being playing the role of Zuckerberg. Kind and this of is fit. where I, I can't help but blame Snyder. That's I don't know my... if I blame Snyder. I think Snyder's a visual guy. Yeah. Um, and some of the visuals are great. There's a couple of action scenes and there's a couple of bits where Batman's doing some stalking and stuff like that that works quite nicely. Yeah. The problem, again, with Snyder is there's a lot of slow-mo. I'm getting a bit tired of slow-mo, I've got to, to say, be too, Batman's suit and the look of Batman is by far my favourite. Yeah, it was, it was really well done. That the All that stuff was fine. It just feels like they put a lot of effort into Batman. And Superman was a side side piece. And then they said, shit, we really need a villain because we need to put these two guys together. They can't mm. hate each other. Let's whip this doomsday bullshit up. Yeah. And I, I get the feeling the, the script, it smells a little bit of extra rewrites and, you know, too many cooks and shit like that. Yeah. And that's where the problems lie. But as far as worst movie of the year, absolutely not. Neither of them. Now, no. I've just recently watched Suicide Squad and this within two weeks of each other. Suicide Squad was fun. It had a hefty yeah. helping of bullshit. But it was I fun. preferred Suicide Squad, and I think it would have been easier to fix Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but I think there was enough there to say, well, they're getting slightly on the track. You've just got to get the right people, and Snyder's not one of them. No. So I it's time so. to lose him after Justice League. I mean, I'll give him a chance with Justice League. We'll see what he does with Justice League. Yeah. Um, and if if things improve, then maybe. But yeah, I, I, interestingly enough, I didn't think it was too bad because I I actually seriously thought I was going to hate it. Yeah. But it wasn't too bad. Well, that's the positive of going into a movie thinking it's going to be the worst yeah, movie of the yeah. year. Sometimes it turns out a bit better. <laughs> exactly. But that was everything for me. So let's take our first break, and here's the trailer for 1981's The Prowler. It was 1945, the night of the graduation dance. The war overseas had just ended. The terror at home was about to begin. Roy? Come on. Come on, kid, don't play hard to get. What about New Year's Eve? Well, that was different. I couldn't help myself. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. Tonight, 
The terror begins again. They never found out who did it. But it had to be someone in town, someone who knew that she was called Rose. And Mark, that guy still might be around here. Oh, man, I don't believe this. You're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. Whenever the time was right, he'd come back. The Prowler. If he wants you, he'll get you. your breath it starts all over again you may think you're safe but you're dead wrong the prowler coming soon 1981's The Prowler, directed by Joseph Zito, who gave us Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, and a Dolph Lundgren vehicle from the 80s, Red Scorpion. Mm. Didn't he do something like Invasion USA? Yeah, well? with Chuck Norris. He was working with... Some... And, um, was it, oh, what was the other one? Missing in Action? Was that him? Yeah, he might have been involved in Missing... Cavalcade is <laughs> schlock, mate. I love it. <laughs> Produced by Joseph Zito and David Strait, who went on to make Internal Affairs and Species. Uh, and it's screenplay, strangely enough, by Glenn Leopold and Neil Barbera. Now, Neil Barbera is actually the son of uh, the people behind Hanna-Barbera. And so the credits for these two are basically predominantly animated Kids shows, hmm. Scooby Doo, The Smurfs, things like that. Yep. So it's a strange one in their resume. Yep. Just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Uh, Vicky, the cast is Vicky Dawson plays Pam McDonald, Christopher Goutman plays Mark London, Farley Granger plays Sheriff George Fraser, and Lawrence Tierney plays Major Chatham. The budget for this is allegedly about a million. It was a bit hard to find the proper numbers. 
and there's no real box office. I mean, I would have probably had to dig pretty deep, but I don't think it was very well received um, in terms of financially. And just a piece of trivia, Tom Savini considers the effects in this film as his best work. Hmm. There you go. I would probably agree fairly highly. Okay, Jared. Okay. General thoughts. Uh, I remember seeing this very early on. When I started digging into horror movies, I believe it was your recommendation. Um, I, I, I thought it was just... Never proven. <laughs> I, thought <it> was just, <laughs> I thought it was pure shit, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm channeling Gibbo here. But no, I, like this time around, I can see why it's held up as one of the favourites of some sort of horror hounds out there. Huh. Uh, it's got a decent setup. Like the idea, the setup, fine, pretty good. The uh, the killer looks cool. It's got, get got the uh, they they got the job done in that regard. The effects are very good, and they are probably again the, the star of the the piece. But the plot is sort of paper thin, like mm. really really thin. Uh, we come to expect it from these slashes, but there's just it's very very thin. <laughs> the characters again very very thin and very down the line, and beyond what we spoke about is that the, a bit of the gloss of the the effects and. Um, competently sort of shot. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty ordinary. Um, so I'll probably give it a two and a half because I think it's it does have some merits mm. and there is something to like. If you're a fan of the the, the slashes, this one goes down all right. Yeah, I would agree. I, I probably went a little bit higher. Maybe nostalgia for me. Um, I gave it three. I think as far as this sl- the slasher genre goes, you can't really go too wrong with this. Um, the Burning, mm. uh, My Bloody Valentine, you know, those yeah, those sorts of films. Yeah, they've got some. Some are better than others. Like yep. personally, My Bloody Valentine's my favourite. Yeah, it, that one sort of goes hand in hand with this. Similar, yeah, similar setup. Similar setup, but a I think good that look one for the killer. Better. But that's got better characters and yeah. a better sort of more simplified plot. This has some nice atmosphere. Mm. Some real efforts actually gone into um, production design and things like that. I think they've actually tried to push their money as far as possible. Yep. Hiring Tom Savini, absolute masterstroke. Without him, this is a just a real turd. His special effects are phenomenal and, in fact, incredibly brutal mm. for this type of film. Usually, you know, you had your Jasons and that where you just cut a few heads off and Yeah. But this has some real line. yeah, this has some real nastiness about it. Yeah, Jason always pushed the line of sort of comical humour. Yeah. And ended up there when he started knocking people's heads off and swinging sleeping bags the in best, the trees and best stuff. Best period yeah, of the, yeah, the series. Um, but yeah, it always it, it was always treading the line of comical. Yeah. In some ways. Um, but this one is kinda of, like you said, it's a little bit nasty. Yeah. All of the deaths are quite nasty. There's that little extra touch. That gives it this sense of oh Jesus, yeah, know? lingering on yeah. things a bit longer, and... Um, and so I really dig that. I think Joseph Cito, you can see why he got f- f- the final chapter, Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. final chapter, because he Probably does know his way ones. around. Yeah, he knows his way around, and he he's given it a bit more to um, work with in terms of pacing with the final chapter. Um, it, it's much better pace than this. This is shambling at times, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing, and that's where. My problems with it come in is it it's it's just got it's got no real sort of um, uh, focus for the plot like yeah. just people just walk around it's, it feels like they're doing an investigation but they're yeah. not getting anywhere. If there ever. was just a, if there was a little bit more of the plot, 
to tie together some of those scenes of where they're kind of wandering around and because like you said there's some atmosphere there there's some there's a bit of tension but they, sometimes they try and ring it a little bit too much and it seems like because there's nothing else to go to yeah there's no story to go to i would have preferred that they cut back on the 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 you know the the mystery machine investigation and given us a little bit more of the, the characters that the 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 college people having the dance yeah like we didn't know them no, we didn't know honest, anyone the bloke that ends up going to jail and like he's spiking the punch and vomiting and stuff like that he's one of the most Magic. palatable <laughs> dickheads in a slash job. I was actually <laughs> laughing at some of his I was loving him he was great <laughs> so a little bit more of him would have gone down right? exactly okay let's let's get to into the likes um, I said this in my initial thoughts for a low budget film the production design is pretty good especially mm. the scenes in 1945 yeah. They actually get they that really, really, really well. Yeah, they do pretty well with that. And they give you that feeling of the graduation dance. They, they spend a few minutes in there. Yeah. That's what I like. It's not just, here's a, here's a sort of outside shot where there's all these you know, nice cars from the 40s, yeah. and out come a couple of people in 40s clothes and get in and disappear and go out to the, the cabana or whatever. They actually go inside, so they yeah. spend a little bit of time in there to get a sense of it, and I like that. I love the guy up front of the mic, you know, oh, cracking yeah, jokes yeah. at his tux and Talking everything. about Glenn Miller yeah. and all this sort of stuff. I yeah. like that. I thought that that was really good attention to detail in a, in a film that you wouldn't have expected it, probably. No. Uh, and then it segues into the opening murder, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy with Double impayment via Pitchfork. Mm. You know, they sort of just upped the ante a little bit. Yeah, and um, the setup, like you said, all, it all plays into the setup. It starts with that... Starts with the, the the news clipping, you know, laying the foundation. Then the letter. Yep. And then we're off and running. Yep. And it sort of that setup works. And I think this is what you get with Savini as well. Not only do you get the quality work, you actually get some thought about the kills. Yeah. And thinking about where we came from, previous film. How do we up the ante a little bit? Yeah, and it actually felt like, from the get-go, it kind of felt like upping the ante on Friday the 13th. Yeah. And I straight away, like probably segueing into that effects bit, straight away I thought the, the effects are superior. Yeah. We get a little taste early on with that first one, but then it really ramps up with the, the shower. Oh, that's, that's where phenomenal. it sort of pushes to... You, you kind of... The thing that sort of differentiated it from Friday the 13th is you, you hang on her for a while when she's getting done in in the shower and everyone's kind of moving. Yeah. Everyone, she's kind of struggling and it all looks on on the money. You mm. know? It all looks fairly realistic. or fairly, It's kind of gruesome in a way. Mm. Well, um, the thing about it too with the pitchfork is you can obviously tell they're not using a, a, a like a... A prosthetic or anything, they've just got a cut off yeah, yeah. pitchfork with the blood tubes probably running from the bottom, yep. and she's moving around. So it's, you can see her skin with the pitchfork yeah, in there, yeah. and the blood sort of pouring out underneath. It looks great, and the bayonet to the melon when his eyeballs roll back into his head, you know, like that's that just that that really nice touch that gives it this brutality, like it kind of yeah. sits on him, and he's struggling, he's struggling trying to get out. Even though he's got this bayonet through the top of his head, and then his eyeballs just roll back into his skull like that, and it's like fuck, you know, like that's really, really impressive. Yeah, it actually it was kind of one of those ones where you got a little bit uncomfortable for a second, saying this is like yeah, take like that said, off. For a it's second. a little, it's a little nasty, so you kind of 
It's pushing it. When, when, when you're watching a Friday the 13th film, you're all you're always knowing, oh, this is just pure bullshit. It's kind of a bit of fun, and it's... Um, uh, you're always, like you said, you're always expecting something kind of comical. I mean, yeah. some of Jason's kills, you just burst out in, in laughter. Yeah. Um, but this never, ever bordered on that. It kind of got... Sometimes you were just like, oh, okay, they've given us plenty of that, like... Yeah, maybe you didn't need to show that much, but it, yeah, it was. It felt a bit nasty in those. And could you imagine seeing that in the theatre in '81? Well, that's the thing. The effects at that point. We've said it many a time, but Savini was doing shit that was just blowing your mind, basically. Mm. And this was this was again before the thing, yeah. which really kind of ramped mm. that up. So, yeah, seeing this stuff in the cinema, you would have just been... You would have seriously thought something had happened. Yeah, well, Because they were, that, they were that close to being legitimate. Like, people might have thought that these people were actually hurt. Mm. Um, so that stuff is just... It's, it's really um, impressive. And it pretty much, in my mind, saves the film. And I said the same thing when we talked Friday the 13th. Take away Savini and you've got a... You've got nothing. You don't make the dollars that they made. Um, yeah. This didn't make any money because the, the slasher boom had sort of almost crested and was on the way down, I think, when this was happening. Yeah, exactly. So, But Friday the 13th makes its money on Savini's effects, and this, this is just phenomenal. Yep. The killer's costume is really, really cool. Mm. The army fatigues, that weird... Breathing apparatus or whatever he's got on his face reminds you of the miner a little bit. I think yeah, the miner looks better. Yeah, but this is similar, like that. Yeah, the army kit was a good idea, and I do like the pitchfork bayonet sort of combo. Yeah, you know, the weapon combo. I like that, and he's actually quite striking when you first see him in full kit, like when he's um he sort of stalks her in the dorm room. Yeah, which is a, quite a good scene. It's got a bit of tense. It's it's kind of tense. He looks when he appears behind her and she sort of, and then he walks down the corridor towards her and she's trying to get out. Yeah, I like those scenes. They were really well handled. Yeah, Although I probably, do, I, I would like to know how you can't fucking find an exit. Yeah, I probably oh, you just keep going down the stairs. And you go, <laughs> it's pretty simple. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably um, my my biggest problem with the killer was it probably could have done with a bit of the uh, Michael Myers type. Occasionally popping up in the back of a shot or something like yeah. that, because um, it fell into the trap too many times. Of let's show a shot of someone running and then let's show the feet, yeah, a couple of footsteps and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. There was a couple of those scenes that were really they were quite well done. Yeah, occasionally they went a bit long, where you kind of got what you 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 had, and then they tried to ring it a little bit longer. That probably would. Probably didn't work. No. But overall, it was handled really well. And I think Joseph Zito, like you said, he, he, he did the job. And it was no surprise that he ended up in the Friday the 13th series and directed one of the better ones because yeah. he um, yeah he, he knew how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's interesting that we talk about his involvement with Friday the 13th because the final chapter is actually the nastiest of the Jason films. Mm. And, again, it's him back in the director's chair and Savini back in the special effects chair. Yep. And it is much nastier. Jason's much more sort of aggressive and uh, comes across almost slightly human in 4, mm. um, which is what I liked. And I think he does a pretty good job here. Yep. It's funny. I don't, I don't, like my, I don't really like my masked killers to talk, but I actually did like that bit where he holds the... 
the Rose up to her and says, come to the dance with me, Rose. Mm. And it's, right, it's towards the end. But I just kind of liked it because it sounded really creepy the way he sort of said. He sounded like some sort of stalker sort of fella. Yeah. And I liked that. I actually found that to be quite good. This is a part that I liked the atmosphere of Avalon Bay. I got this sense that, you know, when they do show that small amount where they show you the town and, you know, you get a sense of the the graduation and and, and some of the um, characters, I kind of liked what they were doing there. Yeah. But it just gets cut off at the knees. Yeah, yeah, there's not enough of it. Yeah, it's it's five minutes maximum, possibly. Yeah. And it just sort of disappears. But I did like the atmosphere they were going for. And it seems he could have used a bit of that. Like, you've got the killer that's in the army fatigues. Like, he's prepared for the outdoors. Spends most of his time in the dorm. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Probably could have done a little bit of outdoors work. He's prepared for it. Or hanging around the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging around the pool. I also like the, the, the bit where he slits her throat in the pool. He, you know, where he, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sh- he kicks her into the pool yep. and then she comes back up and then he leaps out. He's in the water. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. Really and he effective. cuts her throat, but then the way he kind of, it's, it's, he's kind of like soaring. He's it's going, stopped, yeah. It's kind of just he's not just Yeah, he's not just slashing her throat. He's kind of soaring her head and it's like, Fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a shock. Blood's pouring the, out everywhere. The scene was really well done. Like the, the um, if you sort of suspend your disbelief about that, she can't fucking find him when he's leapt into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't she? Didn't she feel her? <laughs> and not only that, but she's under the pool and just see, she's just sort of um, thrashing under the pool for a bit, <laughs> which looks ridiculous, but. <laughs> That aside, the scene is really good where, mm. like you said, she's in the pool, does a bit of thrashing, but then she looks around and can't find him, and then he bursts out. Mm. That was really well done. And, the yeah, the the, the kill was was pretty full on for this sort, of, this sort of movie. And they even throw in a little bit at the end where they show her feet, mm. and then it kicks one last time, like it's a spasm of, like, yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, you didn't get that kind of stuff. In the the slashes, that's kind of that extra touch that you were talking about. That that sort of adds a little bit of, little bit of. Uh, it's kind of grimy in a way, but mm. it was not an. It wasn't enough to push this into full on bad taste sort of stuff. No, it was just enough to kind of give you a bit of a. Oh, jeez, that's that's pretty full on. He's this is a bit of a bit scary. Yeah, and they did it again later on when he he got. Um, he got the I can't remember her name, but she's the woman that announced through the, the, yeah, the dance. Through the yeah. throat. Um and they just show a couple of shots of her feet yeah. and then the blood Blood's spattering on her feet. Yeah. They did that sort of stuff really well, just gave it that extra little edge to And I think that's where it. you'd be getting that feeling of did they actually kill these people? You know, like they throw in those little touches that make you think, "Oh shit!" You know, would that really happen if you were killed? Yeah, I don't think it was pushing it into kind of, but it was you know, just enough Holocaust territory. No, but, no, not quite. Cutting um, people's dicks off. And yeah, all sort of but stuff. it was, it was. Um, yeah, I think it's more in that realm of like where people would have been sitting there going, "How the hell did they do this?" Yeah, like, yeah how yeah. I just, I don't know how they did this. Yeah, at, at that point in time, um, I, I did like the chase around the room where the furniture's all covered in sheets. Yep. And he's kind of using the pitchfork to sort of smash things out of the way. And Friday the 13th style, similar to Friday the 13th Part 2, a rat comes along. <laughs> yeah. No piss this time, but <laughs> <laughs> there's still a rat comes along. Um, and I did like that. I thought that was, again, um, a bit reminded me a little bit of um, what they did in uh, Noah's Did Last Summer. 
Mm. You know, when they're all covered in that plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of thing. Um, not as well handled, but I, I just like the way, you know, you've got a room full of stuff that's covered in sheets and you're hiding under one of them. Yeah, it's something that sort of ended up as a slasher trope, but yeah, it's pretty effective here. And my last like was um, the killer getting his head blown off. Yeah, <laughs> so far out of scanners. God almighty, you look like... I don't know, like... I believe they just took a shotgun to a... A fake head. Yeah. It was just full of bloody guts and shit. Yeah. Fucking hell, it was just everywhere. <laughs> they sort of, they cut away from it pretty quickly, but you get enough to see the thing just explode. <laughs> it's bloody unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. It was a pretty spectacular way for a, for the killer to get knocked off. Yeah. It was, it's, it's he's certainly not coming back for a no, sequel anytime no. soon, is There he? was no sort of getting around that one. All right, the dislikes. Uh, I had one more like. Oh, do you? The deputy. Holden, is it? Oh, yeah. Paul yeah. Holden. I, I think it was Holden because I kept thinking Mark Holden for some reason. <laughs> Touchdown. Touchdown. <laughs> but, um, his hair is immaculate. <laughs> when he first rocks up, I'm like, Jesus. This is, it's like a mannequin. It's like they've got a wax figure to sort of <laughs> come to life. They've sort of put an animatronic, you know, face on a wax figure. His hair is just... It's superb. Oh. I don't think it ever gets a hair out of place, does it? No, no. Out. Even when he's sort of, you know, when he when things are getting a bit tense and he's got to put a bit of work in, there's, there's probably one or two hairs out of place, if that, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like his it. stylist was certainly working overtime. Quite frankly, he's one of the worst coppers in history. <laughs> <laughs> he's bloody hopeless, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He really he does, does mate. He investigates thoroughly. <laughs> Too thoroughly. He in investigates my mind. thoroughly. He's investigating things that have nothing to do with it. His torch batteries are running out pretty quickly. The uh, way he's sort of working, but uh, look, he's. Uh, I'm happy with his work. He investigates thoroughly. He sort of. He doesn't sort of you know pick anything up or get any sort of forensic evidence. Or he no. just sort of looks he for just, a long time. He just sort of walks around and yells a few names. Yeah, yeah. Basically, to me, my biggest dislike was well, it's two for me. The dialogue essentially really adds nothing. Like, no. there are sequences of dialogue, yep. but they just feel like they're filling time before someone gets necked. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, you know, it's kind of like, we're going to wow you with this shit. Yeah. Uh, who cares about what comes beforehand? The problem yeah. is, people actually do care a little bit. A little bit, yeah. You've got I mean, to, even in a slasher flick, it's, you it's need hard to find Because something. in a slasher, fi- slasher flick, sorry, it's not the. Primary consideration, I guess, mm. but the problem is like the successful ones do have a little bit of development and a bit of backstory. The problem with this one was, like I said, a lot of those scenes were stretched out, and it felt like it was because there was just zero to fall back on. Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing else there. You had the two main, or what what turned out to be the two main characters that you spend all this time with. But the whole time you spend with them is kind of looking around or, I've got to check out the cemetery. Okay, I'll wander around the cemetery for a while. Oh, um, we've got to check out a house. Or oh, oh, we end up at the dorm. Yep. So they just wander around for a while. Can I ask this too? That there was supposed to be that sense of a romance yeah. between them, but I'd got none of it. Like, I really didn't get much of that. Mate. If she wasn't looking at his hair and thinking, this is the bloke for me, yeah. I don't know what's happened. True. That I can period. see how he could have sealed that deal without <laughs> opening his mouth. No, it's, uh, it's, 
It's problematic in the end. Oh, problematic is being <laughs> bloody generous. And the I other reckon. thing is because you know, like you said, the story gets very thin very early. We get a lot of that stuff out of the way in like twenty minutes to half hour, and then we're just with these two. And every time you go to someone else, you just know, okay, we're just we're just waiting for a, a kill scene here, basically. And they do a good job of that. Even though you know it's coming, it's kind of effective because they are, you know, the effects are good. Yeah. They're shot pretty well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know it's coming. And then you go back to the other two having a look. Well, something. you've got nothing to invest in. No. That's basically the, the, the whole crux of it. You've got nobody to invest in. Like... Those kills are fantastic. Yeah. But I didn't care for any of them. I didn't care for these characters. Like they were nobodies to me. They were just basically just fodder. Yeah. Um, but every death scene involves fodder. Um, yeah. And so, so essentially, we really don't get any feeling of oh, I care about these people or there's some sort of stakes involved. Yeah. It's really, and even just in not even much. in um, Friday the Thirteenth, you get some of that somewhere. You get someone that you either. Um, oh yeah, I kind of like that guy. Or that guy is a rampant cock. Cock, yeah. yeah. Get rid of get him. Rid of him. <laughs> you didn't feel anything for anyone. No. Here. no. Quick question to you though: um, would, Wouldn't you check on your mate who'd been in the shower for upwards of thirty minutes? <laughs> You'd been and gone to the dance and come back. Wouldn't you yell out? I actually thought that was good, where she kind of said, "Oh." Um, I'm back. Yeah, I just I'm just going to change. Shut the door. Yeah, shut the door. Um, Thinking maybe they should have done something like them. yeah, they should have done something like had his jacket hanging off a chair or something. The other bloke's jacket because doesn't crackers. he start? Yeah, doesn't he start? Because he starts. <laughs> yeah, he starts getting, getting, before yeah, yeah. he gets killed. So if he had a hung his jacket on a chair or something and she sees it, okay, I'm shutting the door or something like that's that works. But you didn't get a tie on the door. Yeah, yeah. Old classic sort of you know don't disturb. Yeah. So we if we had. Just something like that, I'm all in. I yeah. would have been, yep, that's fine. But like you said, it's kind of half hour and we don't get any of that, so she just kind of shuts the door and you're and like... And you kind of think she's stupid. Yeah. So like, what, what are you doing? Not even a hell up. I d- I'll tell you what, one like, though, is I did like the fact that there was some blood. Mm. Like, like the place hadn't been forensically mopped, <laughs> like, these, like these killers seem to be able to do. Ooh, mate, Jason carries a bottle of bleach yeah, I'm sure he, he does. Goes. Now... This is my biggest dislike, and it comes back to what we were saying before about the plot, is all that stuff about Major Chatham and Rosemary Chatham Major Chatham has no bearing on anything it goes at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, Mrs. Chatham's in the fucking fireplace, <laughs> but, but I'm thinking, so? Miss <laughs> Chatham is... <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? Yeah, look... um, Major Chatham was my major problem. <laughs> like, they keep talking about him. Then when he shows up... He only shows up in one scene. You know that guy was in Reservoir Dogs? It's fucking ridiculous. Fell? I mean, fuck. He did this for like two minutes. But like when... He's been walking past. Yeah, they yeah. Said, when she runs past and he grabs her... Yeah. And then he doesn't let her go. Yeah, like, got her. <laughs> and then they start talking about Major Chatham, Major Chatham. Like, they hadn't... Um, you don't know. You don't full on know that. Well, that's they were trying Chatham. to make out that yeah, he kind of, may have been a herring as well. I think so. I don't know, but I, I kind of, you know, you put it together. Okay, that's Major Chatham before they start sort of talking about it. But then when they start talking about it, then they go searching for Major Chatham. Hey, look, 
I'm going to start where he was because he seems like a frail old man in a wheelchair. He would still be working his way back. He's only 10 metres from where you found her. (laughs) (laughs) He's still there. We go to his house and look for him for 15 minutes. Look, he's still where he was sitting when you ran past him. Search the surrounding area, maybe a 50 metre radius. (laughs) Beautiful. Got him. He's, He's just over there. But the other thing too is like, okay... Major Chatham's not home. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pose this question. He seemed like he couldn't talk. Or when he grabbed you. So how could you yell out, Major Chatham? Are you home? Yeah, yeah, we better ask him a few questions. Look, I ran past him in hysterics, and he sat there and kind of <laughs> scowled at me. I don't think we're getting much out of the bloke, yeah. to be honest. Look, we, get, I don't, we could play good cop, bad cop, but I don't think it's going to work for him. And, you know, he's going to give much of, up. I think what we're going to get is kind of breaking bad where the bloke goes into the Ding. room and shits himself. That's right. That's right. I mean, look, short of tipping him out his wheelchair, I don't think you get any work out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle. And and that's the thing I didn't understand. Like this, the, <laughs> the whole script kind of went against proper storytelling when it comes to setting up red herrings here. Yeah, you only had a certain number of people it could have been, right? Yep. I understood it could have been a younger guy. Like, it didn't cut out the fact that it could have been one of the younger guys because it could have been a son or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Problem is you had Chatham. He didn't speak, didn't fucking do anything. He was in a wheelchair. You had the teacher, the male teacher, mm-hmm. and that weird dude that's in one scene at the start yeah. and told he's a, a dumbass and whatever. Yep. He's a delivery guy. And you had the eventual killer. Yeah. Which is the sheriff. Yep. Right? Spoiler alert. But they're all roughly in that same age, age bracket, bracket. Yeah. Right? Which wasn't too bad, but yeah. none of it's developed. But none of it's developed at all. So the only reason the, the delivery guy's a red herring is because someone calls him a fucking bone, a bozo who's got no yeah. brains. And the other thing is when you see him again, he's not in a costume. No. He's, he's kind of leering, in not, not in a costume. So you're kind of like, well... If he was doing that, what would he be in his costume? <laughs> so you kind of rule him out a little bit. And really, I, I ruled Major Chatham out because <laughs> he was still working his way back to his home. <laughs> I assume he was not getting, <laughs> he was not getting around in army fatigue. No. I like when they say, um, Dustin Holden say something about, oh, yeah, um, I found some wheelchair tracks and some boot prints. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking serious. <laughs> <laughs> if you found Chatham's tracks, look up. He's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just walk another 10 to 15 metres and I think you'll find him. <laughs> yeah, I found fresh Chatham tracks. <laughs> Let's go to the house and look for him for 15 minutes. <laughs> The problem is, they, hey, I yeah, tell you what, Jared. If I'm in a house and I'm yelling at Major Chatham, Major Chatham, Major Chatham, and no one's answering, I'm going to shoot the blokes up there. <laughs> and after about three Major Chathams, I'm giving up. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the same premises. Um, I always laugh because when someone rings my mum on the phone and they don't answer, she sits there and goes, "Hello, hello." 
Hello? Hello, she does it about 10 times. I say, look, bub, if you knock it after three, hang up. Same principle here. If you are inside the bloke's house, walking around freely with him, you have just walked into his home. Chatham. Chatham, you there? You there? Yeah. No, look, he's not here, okay? Um, but, yeah, they they take so long to get what, they, what they're going to get out of that scene. Exactly. Um, and, and actually, there's another one where they roll out a red herring that all that stuff with Chatham, just to sort of finish that off, is is just that the movie just slows to an absolute crawl. Yeah. Like the, the pacing is glacial. Like you can't yeah. even, you can't do that in a slasher film. That's why something like My Bloody Valentine works, because it continues to pace the film well. Yeah. Even when people aren't being killed... Everything's being paced out nicely. Or when this you are being or when you are being slow and methodical like Halloween, yeah. you've got something to give us. Yes. Like you've got a glimpse of Michael or you've got uh, you've got something there. Yeah. This it didn't have anything when you were looking through those houses. Oh, I found a rose. Okay, it took you ten minutes to find that. Like, yeah. And that sequence where that guy and his missus at the dance go down into the basement. It's probably about an hour in. Hmm. And they start getting hot and heavy, and it's getting to the point where you're thinking, this is another kill. Mm. They're being watched. Yep. We reverse the camera, and here's one of the teachers pretty much jerking <laughs> off in the corner. And I'm thinking, He's you can't, you, you, you cannot roll that shit out an hour in. Yeah. Her, red herrings need to be set up in that first nothing half else, an hour. Nothing else happens to them. Yeah. They get up and leave. So that's, that's I think Zito had a sense that we're not, Getting a lot out of what's on the page here, so we've got. <laughs> he was, yeah, I get the feeling that's put in to break up the monotony of the investigation. Yeah, you know, because the investigation has moved from Chatham's place. Still, like you said, I never really thought about that, but he's a fucking useless policeman. If you, if you cannot find Major Chatham, you are in trouble. You had you had a beat on him. He was here. <laughs> You didn't find him there. <laughs> like, sorry, Paul, you're dismissed, you know, pal. I mean, the girl knew had the had the sense to know. Listen, don't worry, we can go out and search Major Chatham's house without being busted into. Because I saw him down by the door. But we've got good fifteen to twenty minutes yeah, to bring yeah. us back here. Like, you don't even crack into it. You crack into a power walk and you're catching Major Chatham. Unfortunately, <laughs> hey, hey, you trip over Major, Major Chatham <laughs> randomly. But yeah. Holden couldn't find him. Uh, and then you end up down at the. They end up because they ended up going from Chatham's place to the the um the cemetery. Yeah. But it's as if Zito sort of felt we need to break this up. Well, speaking of the cemetery, I had a dislike. Was it the headstone? King- Looks no. like fucking Star of <laughs> Kingsley, the bloke that runs the store. Yeah, um, we oh, spend, that weird dude because he's another hearing yeah, that they roll look, up. We spend some time in the store early. Yeah. And he seems quite normal. Then. All of a sudden, an hour and whatever, I think it's about the hour mark as well, Kingsley turns up to the cop shop and turns into Crazy Ralph. Yeah, I know. He starts talking about, oh, do I have to call the sheriff and all this sort of shit? And then there's kids (laughs) at the cemetery. Holden's there going, and what are they doing? He's like, oh, I know what they're doing. They left the gate open. And then he kind of walks out and you're like, what What was that? (laughs) And then Holden goes, oh. The gate's supposed to be locked. And then we're off to the cemetery. I'm like, he just, 
they they took Kingsley, who seemed quite normal, and turned okay, him into a crazy little, have a little bit of a crazy Ralph moment. So Holden can say, "Oh shit, the cemetery doors." I'm like, "Look, uh, I've got all the respect in the world for the dead cemetery. You leave that alone." Yeah. But if the door's unlocked, I'm saying, "Fuck, I'm, I'll check it out in the morning." Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't think there's there's not going to be a whole lot of damage done well, in this small, quaint little town. But we've got a prowler. Yeah, exactly. Rolling around. I think that's bigger fish to find. Plus, i got to find the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's gone busy Maybe Chatham got down to the cemetery. Let's go and check it out. <laughs> maybe he maybe rolled himself down there and fell in a box. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the worst possible part of the entire movie is when they ring the sheriff and they get onto that asshole concierge <laughs> yeah. and they spend five minutes. Yeah. Making him put the phone down, make out like he's you know, read his book, yeah. have a sip of coffee, walk around a bit. Yep. It's bullshit. It should have just been Absolute simply bullshit. done. He, the, the, the sheriff's not available. I've yeah. tried his room. He's not available. Well, uh, I don't know where he again, is. Again, this kind of it's another one that creeps into horror movies occasionally, where you're busting your backside to sort of solve the problem or get to the bottom of it. And you you're impeded by you know some peanut that doesn't see the urgency of your issue. Yeah, yeah. I get that, and it's worked before. But the problem here is, like I said to you, I said we get to the end of that scene, and we are we have um, moved the plot along not an inch. Yeah, because at the start of it, they don't know. They start thinking, oh shit, I've got to call the sheriff. And then you start thinking, all right, well they're going to get onto the sheriff, get some help. Did he check in or did he not? At the end of the scene, we're thinking exactly the same thing because this bloke doesn't tell us anything. He doesn't say, I didn't check in. He doesn't sort of... It's kind of like they were trying to throw up either that he was... He's a suspect now. Yeah. It's a herring. It's one of those ones that could go to either way, okay? It works pretty well because just because he doesn't check in doesn't mean that he's the guy, but it throws him into the mix as a as a suspect. Yeah. We don't know whether he did or not at the end of that scene. We just get, okay, we don't get confirmation that he's there, but we don't fucking know that he's not. Yeah, that's right. Because this... the lazy prick doesn't even bother yeah. to check. So instead of being an impediment, it's just like, okay, we spent five minutes and circled back to where we were. It feels like padding. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, oh, shit, you know, we need another five minutes, so we better do this. Whereas it should have been, the sheriff is not here. Yeah, well, like He I checked said, in, but he's not here. That doesn't that, that <clears throat> doesn't confirm anything other than he didn't get to the fishing trip. It just throws him up in suspicion. Yeah. And they've used that in things like Scream yeah. to great effect with the dad, yep. um, Sydney's dad. Yeah, he's disappeared. Um, we don't know where he is. Yeah, and all of a sudden, he was under suspicion yeah. and eventually became... Oh shit! It's him, but no, it wasn't him. You know, yeah. if you use that well, it's it's fine. But unfortunately, here it was just like textbook. Here's how not to do it. Yeah. Uh, my last dislike is just the ending is just ridiculous. The jump. I think it's just strictly for a jump scare. It's yeah. like you know, ripping off Carrie or Friday the Thirteenth or one of those. Yeah. I think that's. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think. They did that because that was the done thing. Yeah. It, it became the sort of thing to do with a horror flick. And what was it? Like a. Well, I think <laughs> this time around, the first time around, I mean, like I said, I was a bit younger and I didn't sort of 
I didn't know much about the tropes and all, all this sort of stuff, the recurring things that we see in horror flicks by this point. Mm. Um, and I was just thinking, yeah, like the idiot that I, well, the idiot that I still am, I was thinking, what the fuck's going on there? That bloke's been dead for a day or something. <laughs> the shell's still the on shell's... too, so they're running up a fair old bill. Yeah, but, but this time around, I kind of got the sense that it was supposed to be like the Jason ending, whereas is it a hallucination, is it not? But the problem was we didn't know anything about this girl and we didn't – it had no connection to, ooh, um, Jason might come back in the next movie or something. Yeah. Was that real? It was just this random character and the girl that we didn't know much hey, about. It wasn't, it wasn't about the killer coming back to life. Or- I got the sense that it was a hallucination this time around, but why? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I have no idea, and, yeah. and it just—it's just a waste. It kind of once again lazy filmmaking, filmmaking by the numbers, um, in an effort to stick with what you know. Yeah, and it—it's—it it hamstrung everything. Yeah. At least we know that bloke was a little more spry and had a little bit more vigour than Major Chatham Major did. Chatham. So. But Chatham, you could hear Chatham in the background. <laughs> he was still out the front. Yeah. <laughs> still trying to get in the front door. One thing. Why I, was he there? I don't know. I, I, I'm baffled by his character alone. Um, one thing I did think about this, Jared, and this will segue into our little discussion, but this movie's ripe for a remake for me. Yeah. This has potential yep. to be redone and just to iron out some of that crap and go back. So you can still use the red herrings. It's right in the pocket. It's perfectly in the pocket. I mean, if you re- if you re- remade Sorority House on Sorority Road, yep, um, you can remake this. Yeah, but it reminds me of um, My Bloody Valentine in a sense that look, I enjoyed the remake and I enjoyed where they went with My Bloody Valentine, but it is not one of these untouchable properties that people are going to shit go themselves shit about, over. like um, Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Yeah, like that. most people are gonna say, "What's the Prowler?" Yeah. Most people have forgotten about this movie other than the core horror fans. And if you're so selling really it as a slasher, it. you might get some business. Yeah, and anyone that's upset about it is still going to go and watch it and then they try and sort of get in new audiences, new horror film here, have a look. Like, Yeah. yeah, It's I, worthwhile to think of, I reckon. It's yeah, the sort of thing I'm that not, could I'm, get worked. I'm not totally against remakes and things like that. Some some instances I, I don't. I'm not particularly happy with it, but I don't get up in arms about it. I just kind of accept it and say, all right, well, let's check it out. Mm. You know, a lot of the times it doesn't pan out, but I'm happy to see it. Yeah, agreed. So. And look, that's the end of our discussion on, on the Prowler. We're just going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and just have a little bit of more discussion about some horror and action films that we really feel could be remade. Mm. So back in a sec. The boys go powder their noses. Why don't all you chow hounds hustle your gals over to the refreshment table and dig in? <laughs> Remakes, Jared. Now, I echo these similar sentiments to you. If you're going to take it somewhere else, I'm interested. So, for instance, Jared, if we're going to remake the Thrilling Podcast, you keep Gibbo and you find two, two so people to replace us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People with some charisma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. But something like The Prowler's right. 
right? Yep. You could see the potential, but yeah. it didn't get really very, very well fleshed out. Now you can take it in another direction. Yeah, there's very few times I get upset about remakes and except for and um, like prom that. night. Except for prom night, yeah. Well, fuck, I was upset when I saw it. But, um, <laughs> I look at something like Psycho or Cabin Fever, where I just think, why? Because yeah. it's shot for shot or using the same script or whatever. It doesn't seem to be changing anything. So I just think, why? Why? Why don't we just go and watch the other one? Yeah. But Something like, I mean, even Nightmare on Elm Street. I was prior to that. I was saying Nightmare on Elm Street's ready for a. I thought it was right in that time period where I was, hey, bring back Freddy, but let's start again. I was happy with that. Didn't didn't work out so well. But well, it's funny you should mention Nightmare on Elm Street because I actually had that on my list, and people might sort of say, but that's actually already been remade. But it's ripe to be done again. Like I think that there's a bit of room to reimagine Nightmare on Elm Street again. Yeah. Take it elsewhere. There's more. Nightmare on Elm Street has so much more to work with because it's set in that dream it's world. It's a great idea. And you can take it a little bit and you can explain Freddy's previous films away. You, can, well, you, you don't even have to mention them, you know? So the bottom line is I could see this done again. Yeah. And I think you could take it in similar sort of places yeah. to something like Freddy's Nightmares that you mentioned. Could that be somehow incorporated into it? That yeah, type well, the of other thing. thing, too, is, like, the remake, I think the biggest misfire in the remake was the, the great idea about micro-sleeps. Yeah. That could have been really well done, and they just fluffed it completely. Actually, the biggest issue for me was the... Um, Grungy, grimy. Well, the grimy city. aspect, but the is he or isn't he guilty didn't need to be there. I read, like I've said to you numerous times, that was probably my biggest... Uh, other than the grime and, you know, the the kind of feel of it, I thought the fact that the is he or isn't he angle about his guilt, his yeah. pretty guilty, that shouldn't have been there unless he wasn't. Exactly. And I actually read somewhere, I read a, oh, I can't remember where it was, I think it was Bloody Disgusting or Blumhouse or somewhere like that, where they, they wrote about that and they said the same thing, that... Didn't, it shouldn't have been there unless he was. They should. They should have oh, yeah, committed. It was on. It was on. It was an interview with the guy that did some work on the script, and yeah. he also worked on the thing. And he said that was the, he came in to rewrite it, and that was one of the ideas that was already there. And he said the same thing. He didn't really like the fact that he he felt that that shouldn't have been there unless he wasn't guilty. But my thinking is they should have committed to wasn't guilty. Yeah. Because it still held weight. Mm. It was the reason he was killing those kids because he was not guilty. He yeah. blamed them for what had happened. Yeah. And that's why he was after them. And it made more the, sense, in that, well, fact, to go that way. It would have been the difference for the remake. Yeah. It would have been the point of difference that would have divided some fans, but it would have been, hey, at least it's interesting. But I think they could have gone to some great places with that and they could yeah. have taken away the grime. Yeah. Because there was no grime then. He didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that would have been cool. Yeah. But I, they fluffed that. They botched it. And yeah. I think that we can go back and start again. And take Freddy in another direction and get away from aping some of the scenes from the original. Yeah. That was another part of the problem we with the remake. I you know, the, the, the hand the, in the bath, the, yeah. the thing coming through the wall. The thing that bothers me is I think Jackie Earl Haley was all right. So do I, and I but don't think he's going to get another chance. No, he's not. He was kind of shackled because he was, like you said, they had these scenes that were pre-planned that had to be there. And, yeah. and I don't... Neither of those scenes were... Deal breakers for me. No. Like, neither of them are the things that I remember. Like, yeah. Yeah, the so hand many... in the bathtub, I remember it. But I remember the things like, you know, 
Tina, watch this. You yeah, know, he yeah. cuts his fingers off and all that stuff. There's like, so many places you can go with that. I mean, the bath one was probably the most memorable for me from the original. Like you said, there is there's a number that you could have used, but that one was probably the one in terms of visual yeah. that I remembered. But you can go so many places with that. Okay, mm. she fell asleep in the bath. How many other fucking places could you fall asleep and come yeah. up with something like that? Yeah. Like they've done in the series well and not so well. You could well. be writing a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> you get sucked Super into it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, um, steer clear of that if you remake it. Yeah. I'm going to throw another one out there. and it Actually, um, something I was going to mention um, earlier on when we are talking about um, what we'd seen, I wanted to sort of bring something new to the table for, this, for the next few episodes was we'd talk about new movies that were coming up and whether we were going to be interested in seeing them or not. So yeah. the one I was going to rip out today was the final instalment of Resident Evil, which I think comes out today, or come yeah. out on Thursday. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a big no for me. I, uh, look, I, mate, I, I haven't... I, I, I would not be interested. I saw the first one, and I haven't watched it. I think I saw the first three, maybe. Fucking hell. I know. <laughs> they got me through Jesus the door three times. Right. But it was a big no for me. Yeah. I think that series has run its race. Well, the thing is, I've ago. actually heard that they got, you know, I hesitate to say they got better, but they hit hit the spot a little bit of what they were aiming for. Yeah, more so, action, kind of like Fast and Furious. kicking sort of stuff, yeah. So it's sort of like the Fast and the Furious, where if you ask anyone that's watched them, they'll say fucking, you know, five through seven, gold, yeah. you know. Um, Just crash, destroy everything. Yeah, yeah. Good, um, have a good time with it. And I think that's where Resident Evil got to. The thing that put me off was the first one, I thought, fantastic game. We, by that point, me and you had played Resident Evil 1 and 2 and quite two, heavily yeah, and yeah. thought, fantastic game. But then when you got to the movie, you just saw none of that. Yeah. So I had a bad taste from that and never watched another one. I actually own one on Blu-ray that I got for free somewhere, and I've never actually cracked it out of the packaging. Time to bust it out. No. But I think so. that's something I feel that could be remade. Yeah. Because go back to the roots. Go yeah. back to the game. Yeah. What the game is about. And steer away from... Give it to Yui Bowl. He loves video game movies. Please don't <laughs> mention that. Um, <laughs> go back to what the games were about. Yeah. And get away from all the Umbrella Corp and shit. It should be a shadowy mob in the background. The problem is that they were well, building these up to sequels. Somewhat. Yeah. They were building it up to sequels, so Umbrella Corp was always going to become more and more prominent. Yeah. But I just think the first... To remake Resident Evil would be to go back to what the game was. The, yeah. the mansion, the zombies. You know, you're there for a reason. You're there because you get a call out. Yeah. And the place is overrun and it's on, you know. Yep. Um, I just think that would be a nice touch. Sticking with the video games, yeah. I did mention Yui Bowl. Mortal Kombat? I did, I did mention, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm there. Hey, um, I caught you. I, I did mention Yui Bowl in jest. Yeah. Um, he'll probably invite me to a boxing match and punch yeah, the shit yeah, out probably, of Probably, yeah. House of the Dead. I used to love that game. Yeah. I spent so many hours playing that game. And look, it's fucking sh- like it, it, there's Stupid. nothing there for the for a movie really, yeah. but it's sort of the bones. You've got to come up with something else for the story. Mm. But you know, a couple of agents rolling up onto an island, yeah, encountering monsters. Shit, mate. There's half a movie. There's a there's a there's a forty five minutes. For, <laughs> there's a pitch. There's a pitch that's getting you in the door at some of the studios these days. Yeah, agreed. I, I think I want to um, see that House of the Dead could could potentially be remade. I've got one that I think would be a real winner 
and the original is actually pretty good. Um, but Cujo, mm. remake of Cujo, the original is good, but it's dated and it's yeah. heavily aged. And with CGI, you could just augment the the dog a little bit, yeah. give it a bit more pepper, you know, like they were using a real dog, you know, and yep. it had to be trained to do that stuff. They couldn't just make it do it. Whereas with CGI, you can give it everything a little bit of a, you know, if you really need a really heavy duty where it runs into the, you know, because in the book it runs head first into the fucking window and yeah, shit like yeah, that yeah. tries to bash its way through. You couldn't really do that as effectively in 1982 or whatever it was. No. And actually there's a couple of kings that could oh, probably go with Rainbow. Razorback did it. Razorback. <laughs> Christine's probably another one. Yeah. You could look closely at. Yeah. And perhaps do another a remake of it. Yeah, the one that I liked in King's catalogue. Well, I liked it as a kid. That it just it's shit now, but I love the idea. Is sometimes they come back. Yes. I really like the yeah, idea. I believe you got that on DVD, don't you? No, I did. <laughs> I picked it up somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea. Yeah. I love that idea. And I think there's, there's avenues to go. They keep going, coming into his class. And let's face it. Yeah, up. yeah, let's face it. Yeah, kids in his class are dying and the kids that killed his little brother are coming yeah, back coming into back his in. class. Although um, they would have mined that deeply in the sequels, wouldn't they? Probably. Uh, I only saw the second one. <laughs> I didn't go for. The, I didn't go back for a third time. Fool me, fool me twice. <laughs> I'm always been fool me thrice. I've been fooled thrice. <laughs> oh shit! I saw three Resident Evil movies. Case I in saw point. Wishmaster through to four. Oh, I saw Wishmaster one, two, three, four. Well, didn't you see a wrong turn after six? Yeah, oh, I think I skipped one or two along the line, but I did watch part six recently. <laughs> I believe it was a part seven coming. Yeah, out. that was part six. Was um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think. King's got a lot of stuff that could be going back to. Yeah. One that I mentioned previously that we've we've done is Running Man. Yes. I'd love to see the Running Man again. There's some stuff that you might lose, like Killian um, and that kind of variety host sort of angle. Yeah. But the reality TV angle could be ramped up massively. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see the Running Man again. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because, quite frankly, the Running Man was... It's not a great movie. No. It's just a bit of Arnie Fair that we enjoy for certain And again, things, it's not a, it's not classic. It's not your Holy Grail stuff. You know, you could deal with it. Yeah. An article on um, Rotten Tomatoes um, pitched a remake, right for a remake, Demolition Man. Ooh. And I totally agree. Totally I agree. <laughs> um, I think that Demolition Man had some good points. Yeah. But... There was move, There was enough room to perhaps explore some of it a bit more, mm. and that was sort of done away with for the explosions and the punch ups and that sort of stuff. Yeah, there was room to explore that that concept more, um, and I agree, it's probably fairly right. For yeah. Everything. Yep. Well, though, yeah, those ideas are cool, and again, with CGI and stuff, the way that you could make the future look would be. Yeah, yeah. Pretty incredible. Exactly. Any others that you can think of? I had a couple of random ones. One that we kind of mentioned briefly the other day, Dark Man. Dark Man, yes. See some Dark Man, mate. That had some good ideas in the uh, being able to emulate somebody else. yeah. Well, not emulate, being able to take somebody else's face, yeah. basically. And basically... But for a set period of time. Yeah. Cool idea. Yeah, I did like the idea. Dark Man had some good ideas. You could possibly get someone other than Colin Friels as the um, yeah. the heavy. 
Really I sure. love Colin, but oh, well, look, Colin, he's working water out. <laughs> Outstanding, but perhaps not really a villain type. No, in a in a in a major film like that. No, and I think you know it's going to be hard to. It would be hard to take some of what Raimi. I mean, it had a couple of classic bits of Raimi that look like evil the Dead, stuff they did with Spider Man and Evil yeah. Dead and stuff like that, but. That idea is good. Yeah, you can go places with that. You give it, you you put it in the hands of a good writer, and you get somewhere. And with you could get some really interesting ideas about using someone else's face for a, for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Dark Man's one that would certainly do could do with a little bit of spit and polish. It's what now? That's almost twenty. It's twenty seven. Yeah, it's twenty six, twenty seven years old. Yeah, um, a long time between drinks. And I've got one, probably one last one. That I thought of was a uh, a very a random little slasher that we came across a few years back called Just Before Dawn. Ah, yes. Because it was kind of that backwards slasher, but it had a very interesting twist to it. It um, did. That has been seen in a couple of other ones. What about something as well like um, Madman? You could do something with Mad Men. I've watched Mad Men. Well, it couldn't be worse. Yeah, it could be. I (laughs) I, I could see Mad Men coming, being more suited to the backwards. Yeah, totally. The backwards style. I didn't hate the idea of Mad Men Mars. I just didn't think the movie was executed very well at all. No, it wasn't. Please go back and listen to our Mad Men episode. (laughs) You were fuming. I was fuming. You were still fuming. I'm still a little bit upset about the whole thing. Yeah, the character of Mad Men Mars. Well, what I like to see him again, just cut down on the spirit fingers yeah. and, and, and the. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like he's having a bloody. You know, some sort of enema or something. But. I wasn't aware that that's what an enema said. Well, should it probably involve. <laughs> um, my, my thinking about Madman Mars was I like the mythology, I like the yeah, idea yeah. of the. You say his name above a whisper, you know. Yeah. He killed his wife and his his kids. Would you bring back the song? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> what about the fart? No, I wouldn't. What stick... about the fart the spa? Uh, look, fart the spa, yeah. Look, always good for a laugh, but I would stick with a generic slasher <laughs> movie score rather yeah. than stupid songs. Yep. But, yeah, I think man, something like Madman and something like um, Just For Dawn, that backwards sort of slasher stuff, given it. Uh, keep the grime. Like, it's the, those sort of films, you've got to stay a little bit grimy. When I look at something like The Hills Have Eyes remake, they kept enough of that grimy sort of feel, but it also had the studio polish about yeah, it. And and update, yeah, and exactly. That. Updated some of the and effects. It and worked the... really well. Yeah. Um, so That's actually one of my favourites. Yeah, that is, that is a really good remake. So I think that's just about does it. Yeah, pretty much. Um if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at the Thrill Me Podcast Australia or at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Next week's episode, I believe we'll be sitting down with Gibbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're doing Gone in 60 Seconds. Is that correct? Possibly. Possibly gone in sixty seconds. Um, he's put this, now. He's telling us this is one of his good selections. Is yes, that right? I believe it. Right. I might have a few things okay. to say. There. <laughs> but keep an eye on the Facebook page. Might be time yeah. for it to return soon. <laughs> Give over a little bit. But keep an eye on the Facebook page, and we'll um, we'll let everyone know what we're going to cover. But uh, until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers.
Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.